We're in the third week of a series called Abide in Me, taken from Jesus' last sermon. And uh, all the notes for this talk today are available to you just by a quick text, and I want to make that available to you so you can focus and you can take these notes with you later. But I'm hoping you can learn how to hear the voice of God. I want to talk to you today about how to hear God's voice. When Jesus came up out of the water at his baptism, he heard the voice of his father say to him, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Another translation says, on you my favor rests. And what I've been trying to get across to you for these last uh, few Sundays is that you are as beloved of God as Jesus is. I'm wondering if you're hearing that. I'm wondering if you're listening to that. I'm wondering if that is starting to sink in, that you are the beloved son, you are the beloved daughter of God, and God's favor is resting on you. He is well pleased with you. That's what Jesus' last sermon is all about. And I'm taking you right to the key verse of that sermon again, where over and over he's trying to remind his disciples, like, stay in this. Don't rush away from it, remain in it, stay connected to it, that you are the beloved son of God. You're the beloved daughter of God. Notice what he says. He says, as the Father has loved me, I love you that way. The Father loves you that way. So as much as God loved his son, God loves you that way. And he says, abide in my love. Are you hearing that? Are you listening to that? Are you actually letting that sink into your soul that you are the beloved daughter, the beloved son of God? I wonder what voices you're really listening to. Because we're listening to a lot of voices. And here's the thing today, we don't listen for truth, we listen for validation. (laughs) Come on, you know that's true. We ain't listening for people to disagree with us. It's, I have an opinion, and now I'm going to look for a voice to validate that opinion. That's how we live our lives in this time. But that's quite foolish to think that every voice that agrees with you is the truth. The great soundtrack that's playing over your life all the time is this soundtrack that's been playing since you were a little kid and you don't even know it. It's just the background white noise that's constantly saying that you are what you do and that you are what other people say about you and you are what you have. That is influencing all your thinking and it's the great lie of the culture you're coming up in. And I'm asking you, are you listening to the voice of God or are you just constantly being bombarded with you are what you have which is great, if you have, then, then you're doing good. But what if you don't have? What if you are what other people say? As long as they say good things, well, I'm good. But what happens when they say and post something awful? Then who are you? Or you are what you do. Well, as long as I do good, great, but what happens when I did wrong? What happens when? And what happens is in those moments, we are crushed by a wave of anxiety that comes over us and fear or or any, some kind of an oppressive sense that we are not enough and we begin to function out of that anxiety and we try to control the feeling and we try to control people 
and we end up living lives that are addicted and codependent and self-destructive and violent, all in the name of trying to satisfy this need to control the feelings that are coming our way. Now, Henry Nouwen, who is my historical mentor I've been telling you about, he wrote some pretty powerful books. And in his book, uh, A Living Spirituality, uh, or A Spirituality of Living, he says, he answers this question about what we're listening to. He says, the word listen is, in Latin is audir. We get the word audio from this. So if we listen with great attention, it's obardir. That's where we get the word obedience. Now Jesus, he's the obedient one of his father. He's listening to the voice of his father. Follow with me on this. And so he says to the degree that we are closed to the voice of God and we're not listening, we are surdus. That's the Latin word for deaf. And the more deaf we get, the more absurdus our life becomes. Now listen really carefully to this. An absurd life is precisely a life in which we no longer listen. Like it's absurd to be able to hear, but we don't listen. And so we live our lives constantly distracted by all sorts of voices and we lose touch with the truth that we are the beloved. So he's saying the absurd life is the one where we're listening to all the other voices that drive us. You are what you do. You are what others say. You are what you have. And we lose touch with the truth that we are the beloved. And sadly, it's so tragic. Let me tell you where that leads. I sat in the living room of a mother in this church, devastated, brokenhearted, because her senior girl, young girl, uh, died by suicide this week. And it's absurd that she would feel unloved. Hannah was beautiful. Hannah was loved by her mother, loved by all of her friends, and she had many, many friends, devastated. Many leaders in this church that were part of her life and they are devastated. The whole world surrounding this little girl devastated because she lost touch with the voice that said, you are the beloved daughter of God. She went deaf. She couldn't hear that. And in that moment of anxiety, that wave crashed down on her and she did something unthinkable. Can I just stop and just say for just a moment, the life cycle of an overwhelming emotion is about five minutes. It's, it's a wave, it is a wave, and all waves crash in, but then they always recede. Every wave that crashes in will receive if you just give it about five minutes. Listen, teenagers, listen to me. It, I'm not saying it's not real what you feel, but just, just give it five minutes. Because, because the feeling is a lie. You are the beloved daughter or son of God. And if you wait five minutes, you're going to be okay again. But it's absurd that we listen to these voices. This is how we get into trouble. We get into trouble when we live our lives thinking that we are what we do and we are what we have and we are what other people say. And then when we don't have the things that we think we need, then we get into this controlling, anxious state. The waves crash into our lives and we end up doing things that, well, why did I do that? I don't even know. And the question is today, I wanna to ask you this. Is it possible that you could move from a life of absurdity to a life of listening to the voice of the one who calls you the beloved 
son or daughter of God. That voice is a still, small voice. It's a quiet voice, and you have to decide if you're going to listen to it. And you say, well, Darren, how do I hear that? I'm not hearing it. Well, of course you can't, because you're living your life at a speed and at a pace and in an activity and in a press, driven by the soundtrack of this culture, and it's keeping you from hearing that still, small voice. And you say, well, how? Well, that's what I'm trying to teach you in abiding. And I wanna show you over and over, how did Jesus do it? Because he was a human, and he's the perfect human. He shows us how to be a human. And so watch this. After his baptism, one day afterward, after he was baptized, he goes up onto a mountain. And in this story, he spends the whole night praying to his father, listening to the voice of the one who calls him the beloved. And he is in communion with God all night long. In the morning when he comes down from the mountain, having been in communion with God all night long, he forms a community. And it says he calls these disciples to himself, apostles, and he calls them by name, John, James, Peter, Andrew, and he calls them by name and he forms this community. But he doesn't just hang out with them. After he forms this community, he takes his community and he sends them out with him to touch the lives of people who are the poor and the broken and the devastated and the least and the left out and the lonely and children. And that's called ministry. And I'm wondering if you heard the three words that Jesus practice that defined his life, and they are communion with God, and they're the community that he forms, and then it's the ministry that he does. This is the way Jesus did his life. This is more than just behavior. These are actually disciplines. Somebody say the word discipline. Discipline. Disciplines that he practiced in order to hear God speak to him. And I want to talk to you about this today. Henry Nouwen says that discipline is the human effort to do nothing more than create some space to hear God's voice speaking to you. And it has to be disciplined because it won't happen by itself. And so you have to have some some discipline, some de a decision and some activity that creates space or makes room to hear God speaking to you because the culture you live in is driving you to be occupied every second of your day, every minute of your day connected, every moment of your day, even well into the night scrolling and look. I mean, it, it is your every day being occupied. And when you're not occupied, you are preoccupied which is another way to say you're worried. And there is some kind of a fear that's inside of all of us that is just scared to death of being still. What happens when we're still? We hear all the wild voices that are inside of our head. So I think we stay really busy so we don't have to listen to those voices. So this is what we're after, three disciplines. Communion, community and ministry. If we can create the space for these things, because here's the thing, you can say right now, well, I don't have time for any of that. <laughs> I know you don't. Because you are driven to fill every part of your life with something. 
But what if you were to create some space for the three disciplines that Jesus practiced so that he could hear the voice of the one who said, you are the beloved of God. So here's the first discipline is communion. Communion. Jesus went up into the mountain and there he got alone with God. And I'm asking you to every day to create some space to be alone with God. That's actually what the 21 days of prayer is all about. It's not an activity that we're just doing to have more church. I'm actually creating an opportunity, actually in community, where you will learn a habit, a behavior of every day you spend a little time with God. You, there's a little bit of worship and a little bit of God's word and then you are listening, because that's what prayer is. Prayer is listening for the voice of the one who will tell you who you really are. That you're, where you reject the voice of you are what you do, you are what others say, that you are what you have. No, I am the beloved son of God. And the problem is, is have you ever tried just to spend 10 minutes doing nothing? <laughs> it's hard. You know why? Because the minute you stop and you sit still, all of a sudden these voices start flying through your head. Oh, you know what I forgot to do? You know what I need to do? You know what I didn't order on Amazon? Oh, you know, I forgot to text her. You know who said that? Oh, I can't believe they said that to me. I hate them. And all of a sudden we're all riled up because of the things we haven't done or the things people have said or what I don't have. And all of a sudden we're up and off and we're going because we just can't sit still. Those voices drive us crazy. And in the process of getting up and going, we also silence our ability to hear God speak to us. You have to sit still for just a moment and you have to learn the practice of discipline that when the devil reminds you of what you haven't done or who said what or what you don't have, you go, well, thanks for reminding me that devil, we'll get to that later. You know, just write a little list. You know, and you just stop for a second. You just, I, I have a little list and I'll just make a little note, but then I'm gonna try to spend a few minutes and what I, what I do is I read God's word. I put the little worship music on with no words and I just, I just sit there for a moment and I read, I've been reading the one year Bible, which is a Bible reading plan for over 25 years. Every day, a Psalm, like an Old Testament, a New Testament, a Psalm and a Proverb. Now I'm not doing that to complete a Bible reading checklist because if I was doing it for that, I'd have done it once and checked the box and I did that. What else you got? No, I'm just trying to read God's word every day till I find that one verse where God speaks to me. I'm not reading to complete something, I'm reading to hear God. So I want you to have that little practice. And you don't have to read the one-year Bible, you could just read the gospel of the day. Or you could just read the gospel of John. That'd be a great place, just start with John. Or even this chapter 15 and just read until you hear God says, that's what truth is. And then you sit there in that truth and you say, this is what is real, this is what God is saying to me. Is this a promise to claim? Is this an error to avoid? Is there uh, some action he's asking me to do? Is there some, something that he's concerned about that I should maybe be concerned about? I mean, you can just ask yourself questions and all of a sudden God is talking to you through this little time that you have created to be alone with God. That's why the Bible says, cease striving, cease running, cease trying to fix, control, do more, you know, just add to your list, just stop. And in the stopping and in the, the ceasing of the striving, that's when you can know that he's God. You know, there's something powerful when God actually touches your soul and you know it's God. 
Like you're, you're, in, you're, you're affected by that. You need to create some space for God. But that's just the first discipline. The second one is community. Jesus doesn't just come off the mountain. He forms a community and you need community. And yet most of you don't believe you need that. You know, you know what people think they need? This is what people need right here. Let me see that for a second. This is what we need right here. That's all I need right here. If I have this, I have everything. I've got advice. I've got research. I've got whatever I need. And this is actually what you believe. You don't believe you need anybody. You have this. And what's so ironic is the very thing that we, were, we have in our hand to help us communicate with others, nobody wants to use it for that. We don't want to talk to nobody. Don't call me. Just text me if you want to get a hold. I don't want to, I don't want to hear nobody. I'm not, who is that? And then we don't even want to be known. We have our account for our friends and we have the account for everybody. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Teenagers, you know, you don't have, you have the image account and everything's image and everything is mask and everything is, here's what the arena can see and then here's what just a few people. And it is so dangerous to live that way, honestly, because if you're looking for all your approval and your identity from people you don't even know, that's like a slow poison that's killing your soul. And so we actually have need for, everybody has a need for empathy, Everybody has a need for connection. Everybody has a need to be validated. Everybody has a need to be understood. I'm a grown man and I have those needs. And so do you. The problem is when we're only putting image out there, we never receive what we need. And I know it's, it's so much easier just to like look for what, I would rather, see I would rather do the opposite. Like, you know, if I want to get something done, I'll go do it. And then if I can't get it done, then I'll try to ask some friends. And maybe if that doesn't work, then I'll go ask God, right? And Jesus flips it around. He's got community or communion with God. He has, and he forms a community because he has needs. And you have those needs too. The problem is, is that you, you kind of know you need it, but you really don't want it. So you hold people a little bit at a distance. I do it. Here, I'll give you back your phone because I know you're freaking out. <laughs> Don't take the phone from your wife for too long. That's a... Um. No, I don't, I don't like it either because the other day I was with a friend and he was asking me how it was going and I just, I had this weight on my heart, you could probably tell. So I told this story about this family in the church that was going through a hard time. It was me, but I didn't tell him that. I just said, yeah, it's really tough. They're going through it and you know, it's in there. And I could have just said, in my family, there's an issue that I'm dealing with, but I didn't say that. And in doing so, I missed an opportunity for real connection from my friend. C.S. Lewis, he said it this way. He said that friendship is born at that moment when one person says to the other, what, you too? I thought I was the only one. <laughs> That's when you're really known. But we don't want to, you know, we, we miss out on that. We don't have real friends. That's why the scripture says, this is God speaking, he says, confess what's really going on, where you're struggling, where you feel weak, where you have needs, where you have shortcomings, where you have a sin, wherever something that's hurting you, just tell somebody else about it, 
Like tell other people and let other people pray for you and suddenly you feel the love of God through them and it says that you will be healed. You don't need to do that for forgiveness because God has already spoken a word over you and he's pronounced you clean and forgiven. But if you wanna be healed, like if you want, see sometimes I can't feel the presence of God, but I can feel it through people. If I have community. And young people, some of you are making really poor choices about who the communities that you're hanging out with. Some of them are people you don't even know. And it's just image connecting with image. You'd be so much better connecting with a real person. And just telling a few people, here's what's really going on. And I wanna encourage you, you need some community like that in your life. But Jesus, when he formed his community, didn't just sit with his little community, hunker down and just hang out together. He sends his community out to proclaim good news that God still reigns, that God is, is in charge, that he still has the power to heal and to deliver. And so he goes out and he does, they, they do ministry together. They, they touch the lives of the poor. They, they whisper love to the brokenhearted. They, they see God raise things back to life that are dead. And the great, beautiful mystery of God is that inside of the people that need the ministry, they actually have the blessing to give to us. Wait, I thought I was supposed to help other people. No, they have something inside of them that God has designed that when you just do what he's asked you to do, the blessing is actually inside of the people that you are called to care for. Can you understand what I'm saying? I would take you to the streets of Calcutta. I could take you to Sierra Leone and there we'll find people that don't even have the basic necessity of life, clean water. And we show up and we dig a well and you say to yourself, we've come all this way to serve you. And every single person I take, they'll sit there and they'll weep and they say, I thought we were here to help them they are blessing us. It's the, it's, the, it's the truth every single time. There is a blessing in the poor for us. And you don't have to go to the other side of the world to see it. If you open your eyes, the poor is everywhere. <laughs> the poor is everywhere you'd least expect. I've been some, in some of the wealthiest homes with the poorest of people. There are needs everywhere if you will just see people in their humanity. And when you meet a need in their life with love, there's something about your humanity touching their humanity that just is a, there's a connection and you realize that we're really just all the same. And in that, you're able to hear something from God in your soul. Let me, let me tell you about a guy named Mike. A guy named Mike in our church, he was driven like every other guy. He thinks success for him was gonna be in a corner office with the CEO title, but he was missing something. He goes to our growth track and goes through and discovers that there's some skills, there's some abilities, there's some heart passions that he has, and he ends up finding himself serving in a ministry called Food for Souls, a ministry that started out of this church to serve and care for those who find themselves in our streets without homes. Now listen to what he says. This is what Mike says. When I first began serving our friends without homes, I was struck by how purely human I felt. What he's saying is that there's no more pretense, no more image. And he said, there's no difference between this person that I'm offering this cup of soup to and me. 
There's something about this person is a human being and what he experienced in that moment, he said, I, I felt the presence of God clearer and stronger than I'd ever experienced before. Wait, I thought it was, we were helping them. And you know what Mike says? No, they blessed me. So he goes out to serve the poor and then in the end he says, it's like I'm receiving a blessing from God himself. I stand in those moments and I say, Jesus is here. And it's such a privilege to be in ministry with him. And whether that's in a classroom with little children or in the face of someone who is homeless or someone you're just seeing, I mean, whatever you, whatever you do, if you can look past the task of it and see the person, there's something about just the dignity of seeing someone that is so meaningful. And in that moment, you, their humanity will touch the need in your life. And then somehow God has created us to be together what he calls in scripture, the fellowship of the week, where God's grace and his power can be made manifest inside of us. Don't you know that in the Sermon on the Mount we've been studying for a whole year, Jesus said, oh, there you are, Mike, right there, sitting right in front of me. Am I telling the truth? Right on. He's not just amening me. I put his quote on the screen. <laughs> Don't you know in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who mourn. He doesn't say blessed are those who care for the poor. He doesn't say blessed are those who comfort those who mourn. He says the blessing is actually located inside of the poor. In other words, the great mystery, the great surprise that God has, you will hear God's voice more clearly than ever when you are serving someone else in his name. And if you can look past the work and the task and just see the person, God will show up and you will hear God say to you, as much as he's saying to that person, you are the beloved son or daughter of God. How do we hear God speak? Through communion with God. How do we hear God speak? We hear it in community. And how do we hear God speak? We, we hear it when we minister to others. And that means carving out time. I hope you carve out and make room in your life for communion with God every day. I hope you'll carve out and make some room for community with other believers who are desiring the same thing as you to get closer to God. I pray that you'll carve out and make room in your life for ministry of serving others and making a difference because in doing so, the fulfillment and the needs of your own life will be met in ways I cannot even explain to you, but that's the way God designed it to work. And you say, I hate sermons that just get me all inspired and don't tell me what to do. I never want to leave you with, okay, well, what do you want me to do then, Pastor? All right, I'll tell you. <laughs> Communion, that's what the 21 days of prayer is all about. Come for this last week. If you've not been a part, I invite you to come. Carve out a little time before your day starts and sit in the presence of God and be amazed. Watch all these young teenagers seek God. Watch the teenagers hold each other and pray for each other and lift up the needs on the wall and tears will run down your face. Come tomorrow morning when teenagers will be a part of leading the service and you will have hope on the inside of you. You're gonna see stuff, you're gonna see young people that the world doesn't even know. No category for, people who love God with all their heart and soul. They'll change your life. Come sit in that atmosphere. You need community, so 
Part of being in community is identifying with the other believers. All of us who are followers of Jesus have followed him in his baptism. And if you've never been baptized as an adult, there is an affirmation from God for you in baptism where he will say to you as you go under the water, you are the beloved son or daughter of God. And the Holy Spirit will come and rest upon your life as well. And you can be baptized next Sunday. It's Baptism Sunday. So find out more by just connecting right here. Text baptism to 68,000. Or you can text the word groups to 68,000. And the whole small group directory, the directory of all the groups that are open. Just every day of the week, every kind of activity. You can look at all these opportunities. And there is a place for you to connect with some other people who love Jesus and who want to grow. And you will grow when you're in a community like that. And then of course ministry is discovered when you get connected to your purpose. What are the gifts that God has put inside of you? Come to the growth track today. We'll connect you with all the different opportunities where if you'll just carve out a little time, God will come present to you in these activities. When you're alone with God, he'll speak to you. When you're in community, God will speak to you. When you're in ministry, God will speak to you. And you will hear the voice more clearly that you are the beloved son or daughter of God. And when we hear this together and we go out in his name to make a difference in this world, that's when the real change will start to come. Do you receive this today? All right. Let's do this together now. Let's take out this cup and we're gonna conclude by actually receiving communion in community and Jesus is going to minister to us. This bread is the symbol of his broken body. Jesus, the beloved son of God, broken on a cross, given to the world. You're the beloved son and daughter of God with all of your brokenness and God wants to give you to the world. And in this, as we eat this today, we claim our identity of who God says that we are. I want you to take this bread and say it over yourself. I am the beloved daughter or son of God. His favor rests on me. And why would I believe that? I've got so much sin in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm a bucket load of mistakes and faults. Well, Jesus died to forgive all of that. And he's already spoken this word over you that you are cleansed. And because of Jesus' sacrifice, those who believe have his forgiveness. And so today, claim this promise. I am the beloved daughter and son of God. His favor rests on me. We drink this cup in your name. Lord Jesus, would you come and heal our anxiousness and heal what's broken in our lives and overcome and heal our fears? We need you to heal us and restore us. And I know that you are the great redeemer of every wrong that's been done to us and every wrong that we have done. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Help us to hear your voice, that we are your beloved sons and daughters. Help us to move closer to you and into the calling that you have for our lives to be your hands and feet. We receive what you say about us now as we drink together. Bless your people, O Lord. May they get closer to you in communion. May they find a place in community 
May they discover their purpose in ministry. And together, may we make the difference that you've called us all to make in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys so much. If you're new today, I'd love to meet you. I'll be in the lobby in just a minute. Keep coming back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. for day 16 of the 21 days of prayer. God bless you.